Hello, this is Ruin Willow with the Oh, Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm super excited to talk to this person. She has an amazing array of things that she has done. And I'm going to read her bio. But first of all, welcome to the Oh, Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast, where we talk about sex and sexuality, all things to help you have better sex with yourself, with your partner or partners, and erotica fiction. So today I have Leah Piper, who is, this is really cool. She's a tantra yoga Sacred sex. Oh, this is what she focuses on. Uh, sexual healing, positive psychology. She's a speaker, coach, mentor, and event facilitator. She is on a mission to turn love and sex from a chore into an art form. As a founder of More Love Works and co-host of the Sex Reimagined podcast, she has spent over 20 years guiding thousands to deeper intimacy. Leah believes desire thrives through creativity, not routine. With extensive background in tantric sex, so interesting, psychology and somatic therapies, she offers daring yet grounded wisdom. Leah's workshops strip away shame and invite vulnerability. Her coaching unravels knots couples thought were permanent, and her mentorship helps fellow entrepreneurs infuse passion into their purpose. Whether speaking to crowds, working privately, or sharing her vision online, Leah inspires people to paint outside the lines of conventional relationships. She's here to help you discover passion's true colors. I love that bio and welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. You have an amazing array of things you do and a great amount of experience. So you are a very fascinating person to talk to. And this is going to be a great conversation. I'm really excited. Me too. So tell me how you got started in this, first of all, like, how did you, because this isn't like a conventional, you know, job in psychology or, you know, therapy. How did you get started? First of all, I would love to, to know that. Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. It, it, there's a long story, so I'll try to um, keep <laughs> it brief. Uh, but, you know, I, I grew up in a pretty religious background and mm -hmm. felt really stifled sexually felt like there was a lot of um, duplicity. There was a lot of uh, double standards between boys and girls. And yeah. my body was waking up. And um, I just had this like feeling that this idea that sex was dirty or that sex was wrong um, or that our parts were like these private, scary parts was yeah. um, it didn't align to what I felt like my experience of spirituality was. Like I had a faith in this higher power and it just didn't line up for me. Yeah. Um, and I was sick of like the stifling shame and um, this feeling of guilt uh, that I felt like was just spoon fed to me. Mm -hmm. And then you, you double down with sexual abuse in my history and that confounded mm -hmm. it, a lot of it. So right. I had two things going on. One, I wanted to be sexually expressed, sexually free. I wanted to shrug off the burden of these concepts and belief systems that well, felt antiquity, felt like they were Victorian values yeah. in general. Yeah. And then I had this need to heal. Now the healing mm. was sort of underground. I kind of, I kind of burst through the scene going, I'm going to be a sexually liberated woman. And, <laughs> um, and through that process, I just thought all I need is lovers. Mm. The relationship doesn't matter as much as me being this very liberated woman. Sure. Um, and as a result, I was kind of wearing that as a mask because deep down, mm. I actually really did want to be loved. I actually yeah, really yeah. did want the relationship, but mm. I was too insecure and vulnerable to insist on love. So mm -hmm. I kind of settled for having mm. lovers. It was like I painted it up in this sort of picture of thinking that that's what was cool. Um, yeah. And so once I kind of started to take those masks off, I realized just how much healing I needed to do, that there was something um, deep inside of me that really longed for this deeper experience. So I think what drove me to Tantra at a young age was this feeling, this deep rooted truth, like I knew there was something more to sex mm -hmm. and I wanted to find out what it was. And, uh, and Tantra ended up answering that prayer for me. Oh, that's so intriguing. I definitely want to talk more about that. But I always say this to my podcast. It's like we were given these organs for a reason, not to not use them, not to not enjoy them. Like 
you know, people, you know, you're not giving taste buds to not taste food. That's ridiculous, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, right, yeah. so like we're supposed to enjoy our sexual organs. And it's horrible that our society, our culture, at least in the United States, I know other parts of the world too, but they have put this horrible thing on sex and just kind of ruined it. Yeah, I think what's um, what's really sad about that is because we have shamed sex and we've made sex appear to be dangerous and something yeah. to be afraid of uh, yes. because it can get you in trouble and it can also harm you. And it's not mm. that there aren't elements of that that are true, right? That's But that's right. the shadow side. That's not the predominant experience of sex. Right. And so what that does is it ends up suppressing our natural healthy urges. And through mm-hmm. that suppression, people then act out. And they actually do more dangerous things and more hurtful things to themselves and other instead of having this more sex positive outlook where we celebrate pleasure, we see and recognize that pleasure is actually really healthy for us. It actually has been proven scientifically to increase our longevity, to Mm -hmm. um, show that our life satisfaction scores are much higher when we have a healthy perspective towards sexuality. And uh, when that gets suppressed or twisted, you know, it just points to where we're still sick in our society. Right. And it's just crazy to me that we all just get stuck in that. But, you know, we're we're kind of force fed it through our culture. You know, it's not the, the, the we'll talk about pleasure with eating a strawberry or getting a massage or going on a walk outside. But anytime you remotely get to a sexual topic for pleasure, people freak out, freeze out, or they think you're a freak. Yeah, they they end up having an internal sensation that makes them feel something negative, you know, and then that negative sensation either gets projected outside of themselves where it's like they shame, blame or judge or they um, or they feel icky about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I do think things are changing. I think with our generation, I think we definitely had had an easier path forward than let's say our parents' generation and our certainly our grandparents' generation. So I do right. see us moving forward in a positive way. I mean, we're talking about sex like we've never talked about sex in our culture before. True. That's very even, true. And now people are getting more and more comfortable with even kinkier sex. So I feel yeah. like the mm-hmm. conversation at the table is changing. But mm-hmm. you know, I've been on the West Coast for so long, sometimes I feel a little <laughs> out of touch. Like, is it changing in middle America? Or am right. I just like I bounce back and forth from each coast? So it's like New York, California, everything's pretty cool now. Um and I grew up in Michigan, so okay. I'm a Midwestern girl at heart. There's still a part of me that's actually very shy and also mm-hmm. can get, um, you know, who likes to be covered up, you know? So I don't know. I, I Sometimes it's like these two different parts of oneself, the one that is still yeah. that little Michigan girl and then the one that's totally this California woman. So I... what do you think? What's your experience? <laughs> do you feel like we're progressing? I do, but I know I... I do, but I do know exactly what you're saying because I am in middle America. I'm in the Midwest. And so I always say with all of my views and stuff, I should have been born on a coast because both of the coasts are way more relaxed and way more open. And everything, the way I always see it is stuff starts out there and it percolates slowly into middle America and the middle uh, Midwest heartland strip. So we are behind you all on both coasts. I can guarantee you that. And people who are maybe more kinky or whatever, it's more hidden here. So I think things are getting better. But, you know, and so I do feel good that it's more open on the coast because I know as with everything else, it slowly percolates in. So it will get better here, too. Yeah, it will. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I have a real dream. You know, I, I I sort of started this path, you know, studying this this ancient wisdom school of information. And yes. it's like these these five thousand years ago, they were really sorting it out how to have a deep, meaningful mm. experience of sexuality that wasn't so repressed, and yeah. it was it had a more spiritual theme, yes. and uh, versus sort of our Judeo Christian society that has got more of a negative theme. Right. And uh, and that's what attracted me to it. It was like, well, here's a mm. spiritual system that's not saying sex bad, sex wrong. 
It was yeah. saying, let's elevate it. Let's experience sex as an art form. Let's study it. Let's learn about ourselves. Let's ascend. Let's transcend sex so that an orgasm can be a transcending experience where you feel a sense of oneness and wonder and awe. And that was like, oh, I want that, please. Yes. Um, and that wasn't <laughs> taught in my very religious home. Mm, so, nope. <laughs> but, but I felt like it was, it was like on point. And so- Yes. But it's, but it, you know, it's got all these different Sanskrit language and it's connected to yoga. Uh, and so it's got all this Eastern stuff that I think for some people, if they haven't been exposed to that much, feel a little uncomfortable. Like when I tell people I'm a, um, I'm an advanced Tantra educator or whatever, they kind of <laughs> lean in like, well, that sounds cool. What's Tantra? And, but at <laughs> right. the same time, they're like, uh, but it's, but it's, it's good for you, but it's probably not for me. Isn't that a religion right. or something? And I'm like, ah, no, it's not a no. religion. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so back to like this deep desire inside coming from the Midwest, mm -hmm. I really do want to bring it back to the Midwest. I would love yeah. to see my aunts and uncles and cousins be nurtured and nourished through this deep study of love. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's going to take a, a new way of languaging the information so yeah. that people can hear it who, you know, are more, Mainstream, mm -hmm. as as my sister would say, the muggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah, true, yeah. true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I interviewed somebody recently who who pointed out that yoga was originally really targeted. I don't know if this is what you found, but it was more meant to like explore your body and actually to help you have better sex with your partner and just be more healthy. But America has turned it into an exercise routine and have nothing to do with sex. Right. It's very much a, a fitness path um, <laughs> nowadays. And and that's okay. That's good. It's exposing a lot of people yeah. to something that's really mindful and connected to the breath. And Oh, sure. But wouldn't it be wonderful for them to understand that what you're doing in a yoga class will dramatically affect what you experience in the bedroom? Because Tantra is called right. Tantra Yoga. It's actually a yoga. Mm. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's two different limbs to Tantra. There's White Tantra, which is considered your solo practice. That would okay. be your yoga practice. That would be your meditation. That would be mm. your breathing. That would be your prayer. That would be, you know, all these meditative paths. And basically mm -hmm. all those things, no matter the yogic tradition, they all have those things in common. And basically what it's saying is let's get ahead on the God game. Let's go so deep into our body. Mm. Let's also be in the subtle body where we start to feel the energy that is the life force energy that is circulating in our system. And let's let's play in mm -hmm. that playground and see where we can go spiritually. But when you apply that same principle to sexuality, then you get to go there with your lover. And yeah. so that's why people, and that's why Tantra is so famous for these mm -hmm. epic orgasms that people talk yes. about, you know, these and hours of lovemaking because it gives you <laughs> anima, it quadruples the length and the power of your orgasms. It helps you mm. separate for men, helps you separate tiring ejaculations from orgasms so that a man can be multi-orgasmic. And right. for women, it, it shows them these multitudes of orgasmic sensation. And science now shows us that that phenomenon is actually different types of nerves that are mm. firing in the brain. So there are four major parts, four major nerves that they know of right now that they can mm -hmm. determine, give women and men different types of orgasm. So wow. a pleural orgasm feels differently than a vaginal orgasm and a vaginal yeah. orgasm feels differently than an anal orgasm. And, mm -hmm. and then there's the vagus nerve, and that has to do with a heartgasm, where people tend to be so moved they cry. Um, right, and right. there's different ways to achieve all those. And then once you know how to like where they are, and then how to activate them, and then how to experience mm -hmm. them by utilizing your breath more profoundly, then you can mm -hmm. layer them. So it's okay. like that anal orgasm is the hypogastric nerve and that vaginal uh, orgasm is the uh, pelvic nerve and that clitoral uh -huh. orgasm is the pudental nerve. And then the vagus orgasm is this only nerve that runs up the front of the body versus the spine. And then it's like you're eating a four layer cake of orgasm. You're oh, no nice. longer just settling for that sneeze in the groin. You are going <laughs> <laughs> that's fascinating that sounds wonderful it's like a multi-course uh organ sex uh, session <laughs> it really so, really is 
I have a question that I just thought of as you're saying that. So if people feel like they have an easier orgasm in one of those areas, do you think it's just they don't understand the other areas or don't know how to activate them as well? Or do you think people actually have kind of like a a dominant part that would give them the stronger orgasms? Great question. I don't think it's an either or. I think it's an and. I think okay. I think I think both are true. And mm. for different bodies, I think for some mm-hmm. of us, it's like, well, no one's ever pointed out that we can have an anal orgasm. No one's pointed out that right. if we make sound, it activates the heart and gives us a whole nother type of <laughs> orgasm. So yeah. um, I think a lot of it is uh, lack of education. And mm-hmm. then also not knowing how to activate those things through technique. Like, how do you find it? You know, how do you right. find the G spot? How do you find the cervix so you can have a cervical orgasm? And then if you're going to go towards the ass, like, uh, how exactly does that work? I mean, right. um, you know, <laughs> anal anal pleasure has been considered this kink and this taboo for so long. But Oh, for sure. It's finally starting to come online like, hey, this is a whole nother pleasure center in the body. And I'm sorry, 5 million gay guys can't be wrong. There's something special (laughs) up your ass and it's not gender specific. And yes, it takes skill and it Mm -hmm. takes, you know, overcoming some fear because some people feel very apprehensive. Is it going to hurt? Is it going to be gross? You know, all sorts of stuff. So yeah, education. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a total thing, especially the the taboo and just how our culture just kind of views going the bathroom. Like it's, you know, that area, you know, like this is a total biological function. And why do we have to consider it gross? If we didn't do it, we would die. (laughs) Right. And yes, it's okay to hear about anal sex for the first time and have an aversion to it because we poop there, you know? So it's like, it's also like normal to be very Mm -hmm. confused about it, but it's also normal to be secretly attracted to it. It's sure. also normal to go, wow, like that's a real thing. And I remember mm-hmm. when I first heard about anal sex and, and any kind of anal penetration, I was freaked the fuck out. Can I curse oh, yeah. on here? Oh, okay, absolutely. Okay. I have fucking my name, so okay. yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 great, right, right. Oh, fuck yeah, with okay. below. Okay, great. <laughs> well, no wonder my sub- <laughs> I sub- subconsciously was like, I just probably fine. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it was quite a hurdle for me. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that my visceral reaction to the idea of someone putting a finger up my butt mm-hmm. and, and the negative association I had with that was because I had been abused there as a oh, little kid. And yeah. so, mm-hmm. like, it took, you know, a number of years before that memory came back yep. when I decided you know, what if I looked at this whole thing differently? What if this was actually a path to awakening, not only pleasure. Mm -hmm. And if I have such a really like an out, almost like, um, you know, when you have a reaction that seems like an overreaction, like there's gotta be something underneath, you know, that, that is making this a really overreactive response. And so Mm -hmm. I got really curious about what was that like, but I'll tell you, I probably wouldn't have gone deeper into my exploration at that time in my life if it hadn't been for really cool women that had mm. a, a high regard for who mm-hmm. legitimized that they loved anal sex and it was one of the most orgasmic places in their body. And I was like, mm. what? For right. real? Like that's even possible? You know, right. I just, I didn't know that that was possible. And then I yep. was like, well, shit, if they can have an anal orgasm, <laughs> I am going to figure <laughs> this out. I will not right. be left behind. Exactly. So, um, and so, and then, so I'm really glad that I did. I'm really glad that I did it. And, uh, because it's, it wasn't just, you know, some of the top three orgasms I've ever had in my life have been due to mm. conscious anal connection, but the healing mm. that was waiting for me there was so yeah. profound, yeah. you know, cause right. I don't, I don't I think that's a conversation that's left off the table quite a bit is mm-hmm. this whole sexual healing phenomenon that mm-hmm. when you're really with a loving, conscious, present partner, we yes. can unpack a lot of stuff therapeutically that doesn't require mm-hmm. a psychologist or 10 years of therapy. We can right. actually move through it extremely fast and then we feel free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, I know people who have thought like, originally thought that anal sex was just for men, like that the women right. would have no pleasure, right? So right. then there's that 
bad feeling too. We're like, well, that's not even going to feel good to me. Why would I do that? And so I think that a lot of women do shut down to it because they have that perception. But if other women are talking about it and be like, no, I love that, then they can see that maybe there is pleasure for the woman. It's not just for the person. Right. The I was shocked. I had no idea yeah. <laughs> women liked it. I was so naive. I just thought, for real? I mean, mm-hmm. what is that even? I thought it was just a lie. I thought it was a lie perpetuated by porn. Right. Well, because there's a lot of stuff that is in porn that is a lie because it's basically entertainment. I mean, right. I think you can I think you can learn some from porn, but it's basically entertainment. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I don't I don't encourage people to use porn to be their sex education on any level, but it mm-hmm. is it can be very entertaining, it can be very stimulating, mm-hmm. and you can pick up a few things. Yeah, and you um, get ideas possibly yeah. even, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but most of the sex you see on porn is not really the kind of sex women want. Um, right. Because most pen, most porn is designed for to stimulate the male brain. Now mm-hmm. I can get off to porn, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too. As much mm-hmm. as anybody else can, yep. but there is. It's not necessarily the sex I want to have. Right. So, so um, it's important for it's different. It's a different experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And I talked with somebody recently with that, where a lot of young people, a lot of young men, especially actually grew up watching porn. And so they're, they're like almost confused, you know, like they don't know how to like, they're like, Oh, you don't like that. They look at their girlfriend and be like, Oh, wait, you don't like jackhammer sex where I just (laughs) hound into you like a piston. What do you mean? (laughs) You don't like it when I shove my cock down, down your throat and you gag and and nearly throw up. What do you mean? (laughs) I know. Right. It's like, thanks a lot. You have fucking horrible sex ed in America. I mean, you don't want me to just push my cock all the way up your ass. That doesn't feel good. It's like, oh my God, you guys got to show the prep. I mean, really what I wish porn would do, honestly, I think it would be such a a major service to those people who don't have access to good sex education and who are using porn to Uh to feel more secure and confident as they become sexually active. I wish that the industry would show all the prep that the actors do in order to prepare their bodies to have those experiences. Right. True. You know, because there's, there's... And then it's some, some of them use numbing agents, right? So like this sure. is this is not gonna which is very dangerous for amateurs. You do not want to use numbing agents because you could really hurt yourself. You're not paying attention to what's actually painful. You could get a tear. You don't want to end up in the hospital. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely not. So I would love to find out in your work, what is one mistake that people often make when it comes to orgasms? Is there something that kind of sticks out in your brain? Yeah, it's breath. It's people don't. So one of the things that the yogis really got right is working with breath control. And when okay. you have more breath control, you see pleasure and energy. So pleasure is energy. You know, mm-hmm. when you have like a really great laugh and you are laughing your yes. ass off, it is shaking mm-hmm. your whole soul. Tears are streaming out of your eyes. That is energy and movement. That is orgasmic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so an orgasm, really all it is, is energy and movement. And when you feel pain, mm-hmm. It's like, ow, my bad knee or ouch, my bad back. Like that's when energy gets stuck and it's painful. Mm. You need someone to go in there and and rub that energy out, get those knots Mm -hmm. out. So we're these electromagnetic fields. We are all energy. And so if you can think about your pleasure and your pain as energy, what helps move energy is breath. And so Mm. one of the things people do is they tend to hold their breath, especially when they get close to a climax. They stick in their body. Everything gets tight. It's like they're ready to... Everything gets tight so it can propel the energy out. Mm -hmm. And then they do the worst thing possible in that moment. They hold their breath. Uh, I'm guilty of doing that. Yeah. We all are. We all are. I don't Mm -hmm. know where the instinct comes from, but it's like if you you actually, you know, because, and I think women struggle with this in particular. It's like we can see the orgasm in the distance and we're so close. We are so damn close. We are almost (laughs) through that fucking door. We're going to come. And then suddenly it's gone. And we're like, what the hell happened? I was so close. Well, (laughs) 
I actually have a free tutorial on my website. I'll give you guys the secret on how to quadruple the length and the power of your clitoral orgasm so that you never miss another clitoral orgasm again. And then Mm. you can learn what you're doing wrong. And then you can learn the easy breathing technique that helps you connect your breath so that the door always comes to you and you never have to chase it again. Just go to my website, moreloveworks.com and click on free gift and you can download the tutorial. Oh, awesome. I'm going to check that out too. Yeah, it's life changing. (laughs) So if you're a Volvo owner, you need this video. Or if you love vulvas and you Uh want to pleasure them, you need to uh, watch this video. And then you need to tell everyone the secret. Mm -hmm. Because when you think about like globally and since the beginning of time, how many clitoral orgasms have been lost? Yeah, it is a tragedy. It is an epic oh, global tragedy. And totally. we can fix it. It's such a simple fix. It is a tragedy. And that is so true because it's just easier for men to orgasm. And maybe they, I don't know why that is. Maybe because theirs is on the outside and ours is yeah. embedded. I'm not really yeah. sure why. but <laughs> I think it might have something to do with testosterone. I think it mm, has to do okay. with the female brain and the male brain, one being estrogen loaded, mm-hmm. the other one being testosterone loaded. And sure. testosterone is that thing that gives us the drive. It helps us feel that sense of greater desire, need, and passion. And mm-hmm. so I think that there's something about the amount of testosterone that is activated in the male brain that has them thinking about sex all of the time, especially at different ages mm-hmm. in their development. Sure. And mm-hmm. so when you're thinking about it as obsessively and as unconsciously as, as male brains do, it's no wonder that they're hornier. Like they're on, they're they're already on an arousal scale in a way that women aren't on an arousal scale. Right. So one of the things I've noticed, and this is a really good tip for the listeners, like if you want, if you're having sh- uh, struggles um, with feeling your libido, with getting turned on, with being orgasmic, especially with female-oriented um, bodies, you got to get your head in the game differently. Hmm. So you have to actually start getting turned on by mentally thinking about getting excited for sure. sexual sensations, for yeah. sexual thoughts. You have to prime the pump. You gotta, you gotta put your mind there. And mm-hmm. and your partner can help by like texting you sexy things and rubbing your booty when you're walking by the kitchen. And, yes. and there's ways to goose that throughout the day. And I always tell my um when I'm coaching uh, male clients, especially if they have a female lover. And they want their partner to be more interested in sex. I'm like, you've got to romance her all day long. Yes. This isn't something you just can't expect her to want to be sexual at the end of the night when she's freaking so tired. She's mm-hmm. dealing with the house and raising the kids and going to work. And she's managing all the details that an yep. estrogen-loaded brain knows how to do better than uh-huh. a testosterone-loaded <laughs> brain. We right. have the capacity to like hold a lot of different things at the same time. And that doesn't make it easier to get in the mood. So we've got these, you know, um, very ancient brains that are just wired differently. And so for women to like really claim their pleasure, it's a, it's a, it can be a head game sometimes because the head can also take us right out of pleasure. If we are, Uh Thinking, planning, um, worrying, feel, thinking about the list, get being hungry. Like there's all sorts of things that can derail us from mm-hmm. being in our body. So when I say you got to get your head in the game, I don't mean you should be in your head. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is you got to get your mind. You got to get your imagination. And most importantly, you've got to be connected to your senses. This is really important for women because women are are more sense sensitive. So you need mm-hmm. to think about the feeling against your skin, the smell that's in the air, the taste that's in your mouth, the light that your eyes are picking up. When you can be engaged with what are you listening to? And and if partners can create a little bit more of an environment, that's going to help your lover relax. It's going to help her set down the day. It's going to help her invite herself to come into her body so that her mind is connected to her body. And and that way she can start to go, well, yeah, what are my fantasies? I mean, I don't know about you, Ruan, but like I would, a guy would be like, so (laughs) 
what's your fantasy? And I'd be like, <laughs> I don't fucking know. I, I don't um, know. Yeah, why don't yeah. you try something and I'll tell you if it creeps me out or not, you know? Right. Um, and it really hasn't been until I got much older that yep. I'm now connected to, oh, now I got some fantasies. Um, yes. But then even if you have fantasies, then you have to figure out the courage to say mm-hmm. them out loud and to describe right. them to someone. And most of us are so repressed in our voice that mm-hmm. if we already have a hard time talking about sex, talking about fantasies is just a thousand times harder. Oh, absolutely. And I, one of my guests brought up this phrase. She said, marinate in her in your sensuality. So I Amen. stole, I know I love that. I, so I stole that and I say marinate also in your sexuality. Yes. And being an um, erotica author and audiobook narrator, for me, I think one of the great ways to do it is to have, her, you know, re- she can read erotica. She can listen to an audiobook, but you can listen to it together. But that is one way to be thinking about it, getting yourself, your brain, like you said, getting your brain in the right spot, your mind instead of, yes. but not in your brain. And it's right, actually right. getting you out of your brain because you're immersing yourself in the story. Yes. And then... <laughs> I'm with you, then, I'm with you. <laughs> I know, I love it. And my other thing I like to say is, this: it hits your point you just said, it's a way for people and couples to explore their fantasies because they can pick a story with a fantasy that they're sort of interested in. They can listen to it and then they can say, well, what'd you think about that? Without saying, hey, I want to be spanked like a schoolgirl. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say like, so what was the hottest part of that for you? Right. You know, what part got you like, what part embarrassed you the most? And then what part was like, you know, you, you was really turned on by, you know, and you mm-hmm. get curious. And I'm so glad you brought up erotica because erotica changed my life. I mean, yeah. it's what brought me so much deeper into my fantasy. Like the richness mm-hmm. of my fantasy life is so much deeper. Oh, yeah. My mm-hmm. self-pleasuring is like taking on a whole new <laughs> arc. I mean, it's awesome. fucking poetry, man. And it's dirty poetry. Yes. It is yes. downtown dirty, dirty, dirty. <laughs> I and it. I love it. And so <laughs> it's so exciting. I'm so glad that you are writing it and that you're using the audio medium to stimulate people. And I think it's a great thing for couples to engage in. You know, oh, yeah. I heard a tip once from another um, erotica author. Um, she said, you know, turn on porn, but don't watch it. Yeah. A lot of women will get more turned on by listening to the porn than they will oh, by yes. watching it. Even though 100%. a lot of men are going to be more turned on with the visual Women, it's like, and I think the thing that I love about Radhika is you can use your imagination. So you're reading about these characters, but you can put yourself in the characters. When you're watching porn, you can't, it's much harder to look at a body that is so different from yours and imagine Mm -hmm. that's your body. And there's no mystery. it's already set up. Yeah. Right, right. It's all there for you. You can't imagine them looking different or having a different expression because you're seeing it. Right. And it'd be hard to erase that image, you know? Yeah. And again, I think for, you know, for the estrogen um, filled brain, it's, uh, it, it invokes the senses, erotica invokes the senses and it, and it creates, it's got this more storytelling thing yeah. that I think just appeals to the female mind. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why audio is so popular. Yeah. Audio books and uh, other places of audio, all these apps are appearing with erotic audio things that people can access yeah. and it's growing. And for that very reason. Yeah. It's fantastic. And so that's a great way for people to like just start somewhere. If you don't know where to start, you don't want to have the conversation talking about what your fantasies are. There's a book out there that's going to fit it. I mean, think how much yeah. erotica is. There's so much different, many different topics and subgenres within erotica. Totally. Yeah, I think it's a great place to begin a conversation. And I think that communication is so important for great sex. And now for a quick word from my sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Hello, this is Ruin Willow. I've been exploring a new app, Biyaku. It's amazing. I'm so loving it. This episode was sponsored by Biyaku, meditations to get more from love, sex, and life. I am loving it. I am getting a free trial of this, and I absolutely love it. What is it? So Biyaku is a meditation app focused on sexual wellness. The app has dozens of courses 
and daily practices that are specifically designed to help you get more pleasure from love, sex, and life. The content is created by their experts with 100 plus years of cumulative experience in the fields of meditation, Kegel, breathwork, and body movement. The different collections and courses are designed to bring joy and fun into the bedroom, boost your libido with daily meditations and exercises, and encourage you to embrace a tantric way of lovemaking for a pleasure-filled sex life. They take Eastern teachings and harmonize them with a Western approach so they can be more adaptable into our modern-day relationships. These are guided audio and video practices, which you can do on your own without needing anyone or anything to practice them with. It's just you, your mind, your body, and just a couple of minutes of your day. So really, it's an app that has it all for anyone who wants to live fulfilling and satisfying sex lives. Go ahead and download the app for a free trial for seven days and see the effects for yourself. I am doing it right now and I really endorse it. I really am enjoying it. It helps me slow down and focus on my body. And I love how short they are because I can do it when I don't have a lot of time or I can do it as a way of relaxing at the end of the workday. And it doesn't take up a whole lot of time because obviously we're busy. We need to get on to the next thing like dinner. (laughs) So I am really loving it. And I think you should check it out. Get it anywhere you download your apps. So get the Biyaku app today and try it out for yourself. And now back to the show. Let's go. Yeah, I think it's a great place to begin a conversation. And I think that communication is so important for great sex. If Mm -hmm. you are, I can't communicate with your partner if you're stuck and you're not ready to see an expert yet, then definitely start with, with erotica, with romance novels, find your way into your voice because it's, Mm -hmm. it's critical. If you want to have awesome sex, you got to be able to communicate and you got to be able to be in touch with your body. You know, Mm -hmm. sex doesn't just happen to you. You are a co-creator of great sex. And Mm -hmm. so you've got to, you know, be on a path of curiosity and education and and to like awaken this amazing thing that we're born with. My God, it's the biggest gift that bodies come into the world with is the ability for pleasure because life is shitty. Life is so hard. We have so much stress. Mm -hmm. We have terrible things that happen like war and cancer and car accidents and and all this crap. And so it's like pleasure came in to renew our weary soul. I really believe that's why the creator put it in our systems. Oh, I completely agree with you. A hundred percent. And just think how, I mean, and just think about how much better you feel any pleasure taking a shower, of course, after an orgasm, after a massage, even a good shit is pleasurable. A good (laughs) sneeze is pleasurable. Peeing is pleasurable. I mean, (laughs) so many things are pleasurable and we have to pay attention to them. And and we go through life being numbed out by the little things. And so, you know, then we, I mean, if all you're waiting for is the big things, you're really missing out on some total delight. Oh, totally. That's a good way to put it. I, you know, those are all things that I think people just don't think about, right? They just don't think about where their pleasure comes from. And it's, uh, it's in all these small things, the feel of your socks that you love, you know, I mean, it's everywhere. So, but what happens is, especially with sex, it gets to be, that's taboo. Oh, then, you know, they're not supposed to feel that or we get shut down even more because of shame and guilt. So we just need to open our minds up more and not let that trap us. I think the other thing is people think that sexuality is only genital oriented. Like, oh, okay, yeah. we have these, we have these penises and we have these pussies. And if mm-hmm. you rub the clit, that's the only way that you're going to get off. And, right. um, and that's actually not true. Orgasm happens throughout the body. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's primary erogenosomes where most people relate to primary erogenous are going to be dicks, clits, assholes, ears, and nipples. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually have these secondary erogenous zones and wherever there's a flexible joint in the, Mm. in the body, 
Um, mm-hmm. We are laden or a bend in the body. We It's laden with nerve endings. So we've mm. got wrists. Like look at how many flexible joints are in the fingers. Yeah. And yeah. that's why we love to touch is because yeah. it feels good to touch because we have so many nerves in our hands behind right. the knees, the ankles, the toes, the inner groin, the sides of the waist, the neck, the ears, um, the armpits. We have all these places where we actually have a ton of sensation. So you can have armpit gasms and neck gasms and ear gasms and heart gasms and chakra gasms and third eye gasms and (laughs) gasms. And we've got all this potential. But if all we think is that we just rub genitals, we are missing the boat to true sexual and sensual satisfaction. I think that's true. And for me, a big one too is my hair. Like I love my hair being played with, you know, like, yeah, I don't know what it is. I, you know, your hair is dead, right? Your hair's dead, but it's connected to these, <laughs> to the these, scalp and that's yeah. alive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's quite but amazing. That's so true. And yeah, you hear that too, where people like maybe are having sex and they're not doing enough foreplay or they're, or he or she just goes straight for the clit or straight for the dick. And no, that's just yeah. missing out, missing out. Yeah. Another tip for the audience is like, look, if you really want to turn on, especially female bodies, mm-hmm. you start and you go from the extremities in. And mm. a lot of people make mistakes. They go straight to twist in her nipples <laughs> or right. trying to rubber clit. And it's like, no, 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 no. It starts with how you hold her hand. Yeah. It starts with you saying something intelligent about how she looks, not just like, yeah. oh, you got great tits or your eyes are real pretty. It's, wow, right. that that dress looks so smoking on you. Or, wow, right. like, you are so funny. I just bubble up in joy when I'm around you. You know, or mm. God, your eyes and your smile, like they just light up a room. There's right. there, And then it's like, so you're you're opening her. Women yeah. need to open. And so oftentimes they flinch back or they contract mm-hmm. when you're going too fast, too soon to primary yeah. erogenous zones. You know, caress her arm, feel the small of her back, caress the side of her waist, move her hair away from her neck, mm-hmm. you know, and then caress her neck. It's like it's the subtleties that end up opening her body. And, and if you want proof, try it both ways. Yeah, yeah. Watch, is she closing or is she opening? Because she'll lean into you if she's opening. She'll move her body so you touch her more. Right. Or she'll kind of shrink back. She'll shift away. She'll move her body language so that you don't have as much contact. And uh, and men typically, and I'm doing some generalizations, so of course, different times yeah. of the month, we're going to feel different things. We're going to want different yeah. things. For both men and women. But by and large, men, it's like, yeah, you can pretty much go straight for their cock and they'll be happy. <laughs> right. That's true. Um, That's not true. to say they don't want a full body massage sometimes, too. Because Right, do, right. What What do you do if you're with a partner that doesn't want to do any of that stuff with you? Like they just either don't want to do it or they won't do it. Or you even ask and they say, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So I would it's really, you know, for me, it's it's it's. It's really hard to separate the rejection or the mm-hmm. disappointment um, of that and then to make it about you and to attack yourself that there's something wrong with you that they don't want yeah. to. Right, and so right. like the first thing to do is just take a few breaths and practice like, okay, that's them. It's not me. Mm-hmm. And they probably feel this way with other people from the past or who they might be with in the future. And mm-hmm. so then it's just like, well, then you just get curious and go, well, that's really interesting. What, what, what's causing the reaction or why is not doing that important to you? What, what, what comes up for you when you, you know, f- feel closed at the idea of, you know, rubbing my feet or, holding my hand or not going straight for my breasts, you know, like, why don't you want to take more time here? And I think um, the the typical response is it's not going to be an easy conversation for them. Mm -hmm. Um, They may not have a fast answer. They may not know. And so they may just get flustered and frustrated and and sort of feel shut down. And if Mm -hmm. you can just hold the space of not being too reactive Mm -hmm. and just allow them the space to feel a little crunchy and even if that first conversation doesn't go well, try to have it three, four, five, six more times to see if they mm-hmm. can come forward and be mm-hmm. curious about themselves. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it were me, 
I'm not going to hang out that long. Like right. I will be compassionate. I will be curious. I will suggest therapy or let's get coaching or how can I make you feel safe? So you feel mm-hmm. like you can explore this. Right. And, and if, in if I, if I bring the support and you still say no, well, I know what I'm worth. And I'm going right. to be with someone who wants to be engaged in having epic sex. And if that's right. not you, go find somebody else. Right. And but I'm not going to throw in the towel right inter- away. You know, I'm going I'm <laughs> to no, work right. on it. And I'm going to also notice what arises in me that makes us hurt so bad. Right. Because right. chances are this is picking an owie that's been there long before this partner. Right. And that's so true. like- Ask yourself, what does this remind me of? Mm-hmm. Who does this remind me of? What are other times in my past that I have felt this hurt? Mm-hmm. Because then you can take responsibility for going, well, this triggers me. This right. is hard for me. Mm-hmm. This is what right. arises for me when you feel that way because it reminds me of, you know, my dad didn't go to my basketball game, but he always went to my brother's football games, whatever like the case may be, right? right. It's like, mm-hmm. and, and then you just get to learn more about yourself. And when you can be vulnerable, people tend to respect vulnerability as a yeah. path to greater intimacy. Um, but, you know, then there's just those people who just can't look at their shit. Yeah, there is. can't look is. at it. And, you know, I feel really sorry and and do I feel compassionate? Yeah, I do feel compassionate. But I also feel frustrated. It's like, come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. What are you waiting for? Look at the exactly. little bit of hard things and you're going to find freedom. You know? Absolutely. Like, oh, come on. It's it's this woo-woo stuff. I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fuck, it leads you to bliss. Let's go. I know. You know, you can't miss with bliss. <laughs> Who doesn't want bliss? I want bliss. <laughs> yeah, and, and we got stuff that's in front of it. So don't be afraid of your shit, man. Your shit is is like, it's part of being human. So if we don't take it too seriously, we get a little curious about it. We get on the other side really fast, and then we just get to have more fun. So tell me a little bit more of the Tantra. I'm so curious. Like I yeah. just know some things about it. I don't know a lot. So any anything you'd want to share about that, I would love to just hear more. Yeah, I think um I think what is very compelling about it is sort of this experience of going of like swimming in the deep end of sexuality. Mm. Where I think a lot of us, it feels like we don't know how to get there. We're still swimming in the yeah. shallow end, right? It's right. all just about getting our parts together and, and creating like friction. And then we hope <laughs> everyone comes. And right. um, and then that can last for a little while in chemistry. But mm-hmm. then if you're in a long-term relationship, our chemistry fades. Our mm-hmm. love can deepen. Mm-hmm. But the horniness and right. the desire to want to rip each other's clothes off, like when you were dating the first six months, that starts right. to go away. And that mm-hmm. happens in any relationship, in tantric relationships too. Yeah. And so you have to have skills to come back and reinvigorate the brain chemistry mm. so that you can have the ooh-la-las that last decades. And yeah. that takes um, skill, it takes tools, it takes consciousness, and it takes um, desire. And so you got to be able to cultivate that. And one of the things that Tantra does is it looks at how can we actually cultivate our sexual energy? So think about, for instance, like a beautiful piece of artwork, right? A masterpiece, right? If you take Mm -hmm. a look at sex as an art form, the highest form of creation is that which gives life. Like as a woman, my body knows how to make eyeballs and elbows and all sorts of <laughs> miraculous things with uh-huh. this thing that we can do called life. Now, I've chosen not to have a human baby. Mm. Um, big fan of puppies, and I've got one of those, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be a human mom. Um, but it's still a miraculous thing that our body's capable of, and that is called life force energy. It's the highest mm. form of creation, and mm-hmm. that dwells in our second chakra known as the genitals. And mm. so we've got this spinning, amazing, life-filled energy, and it's also the same energy, that creative life force. It's the same energy 
that makes us passionate for our life, that makes mm. us passionate about what we create at work, that makes us passionate about how we raise our kids, it makes us passionate for our spouse, it makes it passionate for whatever we believe in, in terms of the spiritual thing, it makes us passionate mm -hmm. about living a life that's filled, mm. you know, with yeah, passion. Yeah. And that goes beyond the bedroom. So what the tantrics understood is that if you can cultivate your life force creative energy and mm. sex and sexuality is the number way, it's the number one way to generate that energy, then ah. you can use it as fuel for the rest of your life. So if I'm connected to who I am as a sensual sexual being, because mm -hmm. I, I stay connected, I'm sexually active, I have a relationship to my sexual self, not just my sexual partner. I'm, I'm curious about being intimate and real and being deep and vulnerable and creating intimacy in multiple parts of my life, then mm -hmm. I am actually engaging in that creative life force energy. And then mm. I can use my breath, my intention, my consciousness, and I can direct that life force energy to any area in my life. And so when you've got two or three or more partners who all want to generate that for themselves, and you go, mm -hmm. then you got a playground. Then you can yeah. really help serve each other. And one of the things I think Tantra does so well, that it's very different than other types of sexual practices. If, when, if we're looking at red Tantra, like I mentioned earlier, there's white Tantra, which is the yeah. school practice. That's basically, it's like you're in a band, but you're not going to be a very good band member if you don't practice your instrument. So yeah. if you want to make awesome music, you also got to practice at home. So the same <laughs> thing with sex. If you want to be an awesome lover, you also got to practice at home. You have to actually right. cultivate the things that cultivate more energy. And so mm -hmm. that's the white Tantra. That's your solo practice. And then you have the red Tantra, which is basically the practice you do with another body. Okay. And so if you want to have high octave red Tantra, then you got to be able to come with all your skills and learn mm -hmm. how to make the music. And so right. there's lots of practices that one can engage in, in in Red Tantra. As much as we can have different sexual experiences and proclivities and favorite things to do to get off, that's that can all be in the realm of Red Tantra. But what's unique is they separate oftentimes, not in every practice, but oftentimes you separate the role of giver and receiver. This is oh. especially important in the beginning. Okay. Because one of the things that we really miss as sexual beings is we're both trying to do something to someone, like we're trying to receive and give at the same time. Uh -huh. Someone's trying to do us and we're trying to do them. Right. Um, we can't, we miss so much subtle sensation and understanding of how our pleasure moves in our body when we're mm. not focused on our experience. So by sure. breaking up the role of giver and receiver, you know what your job is. If I'm the receiver, yeah. my job is to pay attention to what's <laughs> happening in my body and follow it. Not yeah. daydream, not fantasize, not worry, but to actually go, where am I sensing the sensation? Mm. Their hands are getting close to my vulva. vulva. They're caressing my inner thigh. They're squeezing mm -hmm. my ass. I, I arch mm -hmm. so they go deeper and they get closer to my vulva so they'll touch my pussy. You know, it's like, it's like <laughs> all these things that like... I'm and I'm because I'm right there for it. Mm -hmm. I notice all the subtlety. I notice the reactions, even the ones that come and tell me I feel numb. I don't feel anything. I feel mm. stuck. I feel like everyone else gets orgasms, but I don't. Right. It's like if you if you're and all of us go through that at some point in our life. So mm -hmm. if I'm numb, can I just be with numb? Because it's the only way to get past numb. Yeah. Is you gotta mm -hmm. you gotta breathe your way through it and then what's waiting for you is probably your biggest orgasm you ever had, but because we're trying to avoid <laughs> numb, we'll never yeah. get there because we're mm -hmm. judging it and we're feeling like failures or we're blaming someone else and it's their fault because they're not doing it right. So right. by having a chance to be the receiver and study your pleasure, you start to find out what you like. You start mm. to find out what opens you and you start to notice the things that close you. Now, as the, and so, and you also have to pay attention, learn to breathe, make sound, get courageous, have your eyes open and be seen. It's fucking vulnerable to be the receiver. And it's also awesome. Right. And most people suck at it. So mm -hmm. then we have the giver. And the job of the giver is to grow in their skill set. It's to grow mm. and delight yeah. in 
the touch and in using their mouth and using their eyes and using their words and using their whole body to be a lover. And so mm. as you get better and better at the art of touching, at the art of kissing, at the art of oral lovemaking, um, all of these things make you more and more masterful. And when you don't have to worry about what someone's doing to you, you get to yeah. really concentrate on exactly what's happening with your lover so you can track them. You can mm. follow. You're noticing. Are they opening? Are they closing? If I do this, what happens? If I go faster here, if I slow down here, if I am still, what happens in the stillness? Right. That's another thing that Tantra is really has brought to the table so much beauty and profound experiences is stillness. Can you mm. be sexual and be still? Because mm. in that stillness, and most women, I mean, I, we have a teacher training and it's usually not until the third level of a three-year program where they get to their third level teacher training where they mm. finally, they've been hearing about it for years still, be still, be still, <laughs> but being still is really hard. Mm -hmm. And so when they finally get it, I mean, women end up having the most stupendous, um, profound experiences of pleasure they've ever had wow, because they've never amazing. been still. And a lover's never been still. I mean, we get mm -hmm. in your genitals and we think our job is just to move, move, move. <laughs> but stillness is sort of this epic thing that's very underrated. So um, so you just, you learn so much about yourself and your lover when you break up those roles of giver and receiver. Oh, this has been so amazing. You have a wealth of knowledge and you're so not, I mean, all of the stuff you said is just awesome. And I want to learn more and more about it, but could you please tell everyone where they can find you and different social media areas they can find you and what you offer? Of course. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So one of the ways that you can get to know me real well is if you check out the Sex Reimagined podcast. I'm on all the streaming sites and of course on YouTube as well. And I have a co-host, Dr. Willow Brown, and I'm sort of the Tantra expert on the show and she is the Taoist expert. So mm -hmm. the Tao and Tantra are interesting. They're very complementary, but they're a little different. Where Tantra uses sexual energy to spiritually awaken, to have more pleasure, to create more intimacy, and to um, have these sort of transcendent emotional experiences of healing and whatnot. The Taoism takes the same sexual energy, but they use it to heal the organs and the body. And it's mm. all about vitality and youth and generation and immortality and like really being super healthy and filled with vitality. So they're very complementary paths. Mm. And, uh, and then we've got experts that we bring on, um, every month. So three weeks out of the month, we have a sex expert on the show and that could be an author, a uh, uh, erotica novelist. We got to have you on our show. Um, <laughs> yeah. It could be a researcher. It could be um, a porn star. It could be every, mm, if it has to do nice. with sexuality, we want to engage the conversation and help people open their minds. And awesome. then, um, and then once a week or once a month, it's just Willow and I riffing. And certain topics that we're passionate about. So I really invite the audience to come. It's free and it's a great way to uh, get to know myself and Dr. Willow. And then we've got online courses. So one of my favorite courses that we have is a program called Last 10 Times Longer. And it is for men to be able to basically make love, have sex as long as they want to without wow. losing their erections. Or mm. if you are, if you tend to, um, Ha, ejaculate sooner than you want to. Tantra has been brilliant. They have the most simple technologies that are so successful. My private practice was working with men for years who are premature mm. ejaculators, and you can eradicate that. And wow. they, it's just all about finding your favorite technique and working with your breath and concentrating and doing a few things in your solo practice. And so we've got a whole course all about lasting longer and quadrupling the length and the power of your ejaculatory orgasm for when you do want to come. Um, so that's a very popular program. And then uh, we also have a course all about 
female sacred spot, the cervical orgasm, um, mm. and clitoral orgasms and how to have that blended orgasm. And also when you think about one of the things we touch on is sexual healing. One mm. out of three women have had some kind of sexual violation in their life. Sure. And that basically means that everyone is likely going to date someone who's been sexually abused. Right. And there comes with some complications and how that woman feels about her body and how yep. sexually free or oppressed she feels, how she sexually acts out. And um, and how she tends to shut down. So it's just really good information to have. Again, a lot of that's from a tantric perspective. And then I do one-on-one work. I work with people. I do coaching. And then I also do these things called VIP retreats. And it's a unique unique experience where people can come and spend a couple of days with me. And I, and I teach them the Tantra on their body. And if they're a couple, they come and I teach them how to practice together. So um, check out my website, moreloveworks.com. And then also the sexreimagined.com. Oh, that uh, all sounds fantastic. Yeah, lots of ways to engage. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that is so amazing. It's so interesting. And I love it. It's just wonderful. So thank you for what you do. And thanks for coming on my show. You bet. And if you want to hang out on social media, I tend to just be on Instagram, TikTok, mm. and YouTube. So that's where to find me. Awesome. And what's your handle? Um, the handle on Instagram is, uh, there's two of them. It's at Sex Reimagine Podcast. And the other one is at More Love Works underscore Leah Piper. And then TikTok, it's at Sex Reimagined. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So thank you so much. And you have an amazing day. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye.